0: Kunichua and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the translator, and this week we'll be going through a full review of Round One, League One, and also preview Round Two. Should be another goodie. See you soon. Welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. Like I said, I'm Doug the Tsuyaku, the translator, and uh, rugby's finally back in Japan um great round of rugby to start league one there's a lot to talk about a lot of big names obviously have joined league one again this year and um yeah a lot of interest from overseas for the league which uh is only good i just wish um seems like league one or the union whoever um they didn't really capitalize on this uh interest from overseas and um yeah there's hardly any broadcasting uh, overseas but there was uh something i saw online saying if you're uh in south africa i think it's, uh like espn africa said they've uh, got a deal to broadcast uh two of the uh league one games per week via dstv 218 and 219 so um i see a lot of big World Cup stars from South Africa in the team, and um, they've managed to get a couple of games a week. So, I'm assuming a lot of those will be any of the games of interest that have a lot of those South African big names in them. But um yeah, I just wish there were a few more of those broadcast deals around. I've seen a lot of uh, people on most of the team's um Instagrams asking how you can watch the games, what you can do. A lot of them say they're happy to pay. um So, if anyone wondering on here, if you're in Japan, pretty easy. Um, some of the games are on just normal uh, 3D TV other times. But if they're not, uh, you can watch all the games on J-Sports. You can get J-Sports On Demand, the rugby, uh, for about, I think, 1,800 yen a month. So not too bad. And that gives you just all the rugby content on there. So you can also watch uni stuff and all that if you want to. Um, and if you're overseas, you can get a VPN and watch them when i was back home uh last year for the final i watched it through my vpn and j sports so that is a way you can do it but obviously just means you have to pay for the vpn and pay the uh, fees for j sports as well so makes it a little bit more expensive um but yeah that's i guess the best way i've found so far but if you have any other ways of watching them um make sure you write into japan rugby weekly at instagram or the email japan rugby weekly at gmail.com and I'll uh, share any ways that anyone has found um, to get that uh, footy content. I guess, uh, yeah, in terms of the week in Japan, for anyone wondering from outside, um, still pretty warm for December. I go bike to work and back and, yeah, it's... Um, when I bike home, I'm normally in a singlet and shorts because um, the 8 k bike at night makes you pretty warm. So um, you always get uh, the best stares from people around you who think you're a madman but um it's pretty warm at the moment um especially if you're a cycling away or running or walking or something it gets pretty hot pretty quick so um japan normally does get a bit colder in january and february so definitely will be getting colder than this but not too bad at the moment we've also uh, had big our head coach um has been bringing in cookie time cookies from costco to work so we've uh been munching on those and we also recently got an all press coffee machine um at the at work as well so shout out to all press thanks for us supplying that's with our great coffees and and if there's a top tier of a dunkable cookie it's got to be that cookie time I like but i don't know it might almost be not worth it to dunk it it's too tasty of a cookie but um yeah sorry big big digression but i've been eating a lot of cookies Reminds me at home, but to be fair, I hardly eat them at home because I feel like they're more expensive in New Zealand than they are at Costco here. So it's a bit of an insight to uh, what a translator for a rugby team does day to day. Just his coffees and his cookies. What a job, what a job of uh, going straight into Around the Grounds. Starting Around the Grounds with the review from round one of Div 1, Div 2 and Div 3. Firstly, we have the Corbe Steelers uh, against mere Honda Heat. Honda Heat, uh, the team that got promoted last year after beating uh, NEC, so their first year back in the top division against Corbe, who uh, had a real disappointing season last year. Looking at, I guess, the quality they have on their expectations, they end up finishing ninth, uh, one spot out of the uh, relegation zone. So, yeah, they were looking for a big bounce back. They got uh, the big Gazla Retalic back and Adi uh, Savier as well to join Nani uh, Laomape as their three Category C international players and um, also got uh, Gatlin there as well who played 10 on the weekend and um, it was a bit of a shellacking to be fair. 80-15 to 15, uh, against Honda so a bit of a rude awakening for their uh, first game back in uh, Ligue 1. It was, uh, I guess... You say a bit unlucky on who they played first, but I mean, the league this year is so competitive that there's um, half dozen teams at least who are really expecting, um, or at least the company's expecting them to, you know, win. So, um, a really competitive league this year by the looks of it. And Corby, um, especially after the season they had last year, they had a lot of motivation to do well. They had uh, Dave Rooney in as coach as well. So, a lot of things changing. But when you've got guys like uh, former international uh, for Japan, Tim Lafai, on the bench with uh, Mikey Little, who starred uh, for Sun Wolves and then played at Mitsubishi for uh, a few years and was like the centerpiece for Mitsubishi uh, on the bench. You know, it's a you know it's a pretty good team. But uh, it was twelve tries to to two uh, in the game, so not the uh, closest contest. But and I won't go through all the tries. Uh, first try of League One this season was uh, from Ritalik. Uh, We had Honda getting back with a penalty early to make it 7-3, but we had uh, two quick tries after uh, that. Uh, Penalty to Honda, Laumape, and uh, Costly as well. Um, So at 14 minutes, it was already 19-3. Honda got one back through uh, Motomura, but basically a few minutes later, uh, Kobe got their lead back to uh, 16 points and ended up going into the break 26-10. And then in the second half, it was... All uh, downhill for uh, Honda. They end up scoring their uh, other try at the uh, 67th minute. But apart from that, it was just tries galore. Um, for Kobe, we had Adi Savia scoring a couple. Brody Utalik getting his uh, second at the start of the second half as well. Kitade, the uh, replacement hooker, getting three tries in the second half in the what, 24 minutes he was on. So, um, yeah, I think once the floodgates opened it, uh opened pretty wide but I guess that's something you'd probably uh, expect coming from Div 2 to Div 1. Um, it is a bit of a jump in terms of the weekly intensity and um, it's something that I guess uh, when you're in Div 1 uh, just by playing a few rounds by being there for um, a little while is something that you can get used to. Uh, yeah for Honda obviously not the best start they would have wanted but um it's not to say that this is how it's going to be for their whole season. They've still got fifteen games uh, of the regular season left, so there is a lot of things that they can that they can obviously uh, work on and you know get right. And I think part of that is just uh, that mentality and that uh, confidence. I think if they were in it uh, and a bit closer for longer, then um, it could have been a bit of a tighter game. But I think once it just got out. Especially after those early tries in the second half. Um, I think just that belief kind of went away, and that's when uh, teams like Corbe, who uh, love moving the ball around, can uh, really punish you. So, um, that's, those are probably some learnings that uh, they'll be able to take from it. Uh, but in terms of Corbyn, like I said, dis- disappointing season last year, but, um, obviously a great start, the best start you can have. And, uh, the score, uh, might have been, uh, a bit bigger than a lot expected. But I think in terms of the actual, um, win, that was something that they would have expected. The everyone from the outside probably would have expected as well. So, um, the big test will be what happens when they get up against those, uh, top tier teams in Div one, because last year they were still able to get a few big wins against the uh, lower teams but um, struggled against all the other teams which meant they finished uh, at, in ninth. so looks like, um yeah, like I said they've started a lot better than they did last year the internationals have had a big impact but we'll see um how that uh, continues this week uh, but moving right along next we have uh, Mitsubishi Dainabos, uh hosting the Kentetsu Liners at Gion Stadium both these teams have a bit of a rivalry um They both win top league, changed to league one a few years ago. both started in Div 2. Both got promoted that year. And this will be the second year uh, in a row that both teams are in uh, Div 1. They only played uh, once last year um, in Osaka. The Dinables are able to get a close-fought win that year. And this year was exactly the same, first game of the season. Um, The Dinables winning with a late penalty come from behind a win, um to win thirty to twenty nine. So uh great game for the uh neutral fan. But I think for everyone involved in the dinabores, it was a very uh nervous, nervous end to the game and I think obviously it would have been uh gutting for everyone involved in Quintetsu. But uh like I said, great uh excitement if you're a neutral. Um game started with Mitsubishi uh attacking Quintetsu's line, had a try disallowed for a forward pass which oh spewing spewing um but uh yeah came back from that and then held up over the line a few times um and basically only had a three nil lead uh to to go with all that pressure that i was put on and then uh, kentetsu went uh back down the other end scored a good try and there was a bit of he's back and forth in that first half uh which in with Kentetsu going in, uh, leading 15 to 13. And from there, second half, Tainaborza uh, started well, got two tries, uh, both converted uh, to make it 27-15 uh, after 58 minutes. Um, and we're looking comfortable enough, but from there, Kentetsu scored uh, another two tries, ended up uh, taking the lead with eight minutes to go. Um, and then at the end, with a thing about 40 seconds to go, basically, um, was when uh, the penalty was actually kicked, but got the penalty maybe in the 78th minute. James Grayson, the uh, new recruit from England, uh, of the goal cool as a cucumber. And um, yeah, the Dinobos were able to uh, hold out Kintetsu to win by a point. So um, very close game. Um, these two teams were both in the Promotion Relegation games last year. Uh, Kintetsu finishing 12th, Dinobos 10th. Everyone knew it was a important game, good game. Um to get a win in the start of the season but like I said with Honda it's a very long season still got 15 games to go so, so it will be exciting to see how both teams uh, go in the next few rounds before the Christmas break. Uh, next we have Torshiba Brave Lupus against the Shizuoka Blue Revs. Uh, again probably from the outside looking in a lot of people would have seen Frizzell, uh, Moonga, in that team, in the Toshua team, and obviously expecting them to be one of the uh, top teams hoping to get that uh, Premiership or the Championship um, at the end of the season. I think we uh, saw that uh, class from those players uh, in this game, but the Shizuoka Blue Revs have uh, guys like Koga Smith, who was immense last year, probably one of the best forwards in the whole of League One last year. Um, and the Blue Revs, like I said last week, they're a team that, you know, um just really rise to any occasion they um might not have the most star sided team per se um apart from guys like cocker smith uh, they do have bryn hall um at nine as well uh, as well as a uh, new recruits like charles uh pietel but then uh yeah still they are a team that just really show that uh grit and that hard work determination and uh, were able to get a great win last season against um Teams like Panna, then they end up getting a bonus point win against them, and then pretty much every game they lose, they lost with a bonus point last year or close enough. I like was within 10 points most of the time. Um, so, knew that this one was always going to be a tight contest. Um, it was a real high scoring game. Uh, it was 22 20 at halftime, ended up being 43 to the uh, Brave Lupus. So they got out to a 13 uh point win at the end but like i said it was quite a tight game and that's um what all games with the blue revs are like it's always going to be a tight game this is probably one of the biggest losing margins that they've had in uh the last year or two um basically that's how tight all their losses have been um i think uh brave lupus they um i think they look good they their attack obviously was a Looking good as well. They conceded a few tries early to uh, Ilaua, the number eight from Yamaha, who um, scored a few close to the line. So I think Yamaha is a team that really uh, prides themselves on their set piece. Their uh, scrum's one of the best in the league, and they've got a great uh, maul as well. Um, So when you're versing them, that uh, discipline's um, really important. Not letting them get entries into the 22 um, is vital because if you give them those entries in, um, they are good enough to score against pretty much every team. So, and then they also just have that, uh, I guess, toughness just to scrap it out and uh, make it a, into one of those, you know, uh, pub rules. And um, yeah, I think the really the difference was just a bit of that uh, composure, that leadership from Ten, from Richie from from uh, Toshiba. and they were good enough to get it in the end. But like I said, it was a very close game. And it got back to 36 uh, 30 um, at 66 minutes, and it was just uh, Naikabura. He was the uh, difference where he scored three tries in that second half, and um, his last try in the uh, 69th minute uh, was good enough to keep the Blue Revs from getting a bonus point. So, ended up being uh, seven tries to three. Blue Revs stayed in it uh, with their three penalty kicks. Um, which means that even though it was only a 13 point difference, uh, the Brave Lupus ended up getting a bonus point win. So um, they'll be you know, very happy with that lead. Great uh, way to start the season. And um, all those new uh, players, uh, guys like Richie Monga and Frizzell, they played that last game of the season against the uh, reigning champs. The, uh, Kubota Spears and were able to get a good win in preseason against them. And, um, I think they're just gonna be, they're just gonna keep building, uh, those combinations the more they play. So, uh, they should just get better and better as the, uh, season goes on. Next, we have, a sold out game at, uh, Panama Stadium. You got Turda Verblitz against Rico Black Rams. Uh, probably the main reason why it was sold out was those, uh, three international players from, uh, the Verblitz. You got, uh, Peter Stefdutoy at eight. Aaron Smith at nine and then Bowden Barrett at ten. So pretty when you saw that uh a team when it got named on Thursday, um, that was pretty much a talk of the town, it was pretty star studded. Um, against Rico, whoever Matt McGahn, the Aussie who's uh, recently turned to category A. So a class if it's a Japanese player this season, so he is playing at ten at um Isaac Lucas, another Aussie, great uh attacking player at fifteen, Simesi Tupo at fourteen, another um young used to come over and played a few years at Panna before moving to Rico this year and then guys like Nathan Hughes, uh at number eight, as well as the uh I guess the new Japanese star. Um after his chip and chase try in the World Cup, I got uh Fakatawa as well. It was a it was the first game that uh Aaron Smith Bowden Barrett have played with the team. and uh, they only got in basically a week before the game. Um by the looks of it. Um, so it was a bit clunky to start. Um, they had a lot of entries into the 22 um, against Rico. Didn't really, uh, I guess, there were a lot of opportunities they left out on the field. If you looked at their conversion rate inside the 22, it would have been horrendous uh, points per entry, I think, but um, good enough to get the job done. 15-8. Uh, there was one, I guess, bit of contention uh, Rico Went over with a mall. I got called, held up, but looking at the replays, you can see it's like right in front of the ref. But um, Nathan Hughes pretty much has the ball, like lying on the ball on the ground. Um, looked pretty clear. Uh, maybe, obviously, the ref was closer. Maybe he saw hands under, but um, by the looks of yeah, at, at least I would have thought you'd go out for a check. Um, seems like, like you talked about it with that uh, forward pass for the Dynaballs game which didn't really look forward on the replays, but all those like kind of sc- try scoring plays, uh, there weren't as many uh, referrals to the TMO um, this first round. And it might be recently or the last few seasons, there've been a few games that have just really blown out in time because you've had like TMOs for like five, six, seven, you know, eight, nine minutes of just ball stoppage because uh, it takes that long for the TMO to make a decision. Um, and I know that uh, League One were wanting to speed things up, um, so maybe there's just a lot more emphasis on the refs just trying to make a decision on the spot, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But in those, you know, try scoring opportunities, when there is a chance, especially when you look at the replays, a good chance that there has been a try scored. Then, um, yeah, I feel like you don't want to go too far the other way in terms of um, just not checking anything when you've got uh, TMOs there uh, waiting. So, um. Yeah, there was a uh, one, I guess, big turning point in uh, this game that try that was uh, disallowed. Um, but still, think um, man of the match, Will Tupou, who is the brother of Samisi Tupou uh, at Rico, um, is a recently converted uh, flanker who played centre and fullback uh, for Japan in the World Cup in 2019. But from last season, he's been playing flanker, started play the whole 80 minutes, and um, made a few big. Big hits making the most of his league background to get a few uh whiskers in there. Um, and you know, it was immense uh, uh, in that uh forward pack. So, um, great to see someone who uh has converted from the backs to the forwards, um, being able to uh put that on. And I think um, towards the end, he was playing uh in center, it looked like. Um, so having that versatility for Turda to be able to play someone who can play both. Um, forwards and backs is uh, going to be very handy for them especially as he's Category A um, so when you've got those uh, Category B, C players where you can only have four of those on the field being able to move someone like uh, Toops around will be a really uh, beneficial for them um, Aaron Smith in his first game in Japan playing 80 minutes uh, with Big Steph uh, Bodhi got taken off on the 55th minute there are about three changes here I think and um, but yeah, uh, in that second half, it was just uh, Falcon's boot with the only uh, changes to the scores, 12-8 at halftime and then um, one penalty successful from Tian Falcon uh, basically on the 72nd minute um, to make it 15-8 after a missed conversion on the uh, 68th minute. So yeah, a very tight game, a bit of a, I guess you'd say, a clunky game looking at just the star of nature of their team but I think they'll just keep uh, going Getting better and better as the season goes. So, almost the team that you'd want to uh, verse early, and you could say almost a missed opportunity for Rico uh, playing them when they still are getting their combinations right. Uh, moving right along to the Sunday games, we've got uh, the Kuota Spears against Santuri Sangoliath, uh, the semi final from last year. Uh, the reigning champs, Kuota going down 26 52. So, a bit of a shellacking here. Uh, Eight tries to four, so another bonus point win for Santori. Uh, At halftime, it was already 35-7. So um, Santori with their new signings of uh, Chesling Colby, uh, Sam Kane starting. And um, yeah, their backs, they were pretty smooth. They were able to make the most of a few mistakes from uh, Kubota and they just you know, put foot to throat and um, never really let them breathe. I think, um, you know, they just had that ascendancy from the start and um, they're a team that's good enough to, once they've got that ascendancy, they're not going to give it up um, easy. Um, A little bit of a fight back in that second half. If you just look at the second half scores, it's 19-17, Kubota, But uh, yeah, by then it was too little, too late. 52-26 at the end of it. Kubota without, I was like, uh, Williams and Dan Coles uh yet to play in their team, so they're two Category C players missing from their team. So, um obviously, still a lot of firepower left to come into this team. I think they have a short turnaround this week, which isn't uh, the greatest for their prep, but I'm um, still you wouldn't say. um Yeah, it's a dire stretch yet for them. Um, but great uh, performance from santuri who uh, I've heard whispers are getting a new Category C. 10 in after uh, anskim's injury we'll hear probably more about that soon but um yeah there's not that many akira c10s available going around so um there's almost a few that you can um guess who it's going to be but they're the young 10 basically straight out of uni um his first full year with the team and uh, led the team around well obviously a little bit easier when you've got uh all that experience around you but still a great performance from him off the boot only uh, missing a couple of um of their conversions late in the game in that second half. But yeah, I think uh, just seemed like Bernard Foley as well just looked a little off in his game and I think those things, those little tweaks that they'll make uh, will uh, probably come as just, probably just first game of the season kind of things and um, yeah, I'm sure uh, Kubota won't be, um, will still be uh, forced to be reckoned with looking at their team, looking at the guys yet to come into their team so um, still a lot uh, to be excited about for them. And sorry, just moving straight, straight along to the other game. This one was another uh, big score. There's a top four teams from uh, last year in the Sunday matchups, but uh, the two, I guess, old foes, um, the two teams who have been consistently at the top, uh, Santuri and Panna, were too good and showed that in the second game as well. Uh, Panna beating Cannon uh, 53 to 12. It was a tight ish, score at halftime 22-12 but um, to be fair all the scoring from Panna was done in the first 14-15 minutes and then it was uh the last 10 or so minutes that Cannon were able to get their two scores back to get back into the game but then the start of the second half basically the first minute back Dylan Riley uh, scores a try um, then 10 minutes later another try from um Yamasawa who ended up being man of the match for this game and just started up uh, Snowballing from there is 31 unanswered points in that second half to Panna. Um, ending with a good try to uh Craig Miller, the prop at the end of the game with a few uh passes. I think he got their last uh pass from Shota Huria, his uh front row partner, uh, the hooker. So, a big score and a big statement from a team who hasn't really uh strengthened their first team per se. Uh, they got a few young players, like I said last week, but Panna, um, I just they've got. Um, the players that they need from their team. So probably got pretty good connections um, there at the moment and just um, showed that they are a pretty good attacking team when they um, get that role on. And Cannon um, still, in terms of their attack, are um, showing glimpses a... Uh, look good there there a few times though when um they looked like they could score in panel just able to hold them out deep in their own half so um those kind of moments i feel like changed that momentum if uh Cannon were able to score a few of those uh, tries then it could have been a much different game but um yeah just uh, after a great uh year first year in top four for uh well the first time in league one and then first time probably in a long time and um top league, if ever, for Kennen. Um It's a bit of a reality check their first game, but like I said, they're playing one of the top teams in the league. And then this year, there are a lot of teams who, looking at their roster, will be vying for those top spots. So, um yeah, it will be interesting to see how Kenan go against those other top teams and see if they can um, do what they did last year and s- end up in that top four, again, led by Isaac like, uh, Klerk and um, Jesse Creel in the backs. Then uh, Matthew Phillips uh, at lock. We're now uh, moving quickly along to a bit of Div 2 action. We've got uh, NEC against the D-Rocks. D-Rocks won every game um, of Div 2 last year before losing to uh, Kintetsu. So they weren't able to get promoted. Um, And NEC, like I said before, uh, lost their promotion relegation um, against Honda. So, um, yeah, big game to start off Div 2. Um, Thrilling game. NEC winning 31-28. Uh, I think there was a knock-on right at the end of it. Gold line dropout, I think, from memory. Sorry, all the games are merging into one, but um, I remember uh ended up NEC basically exited away. Uh, at the end, NEC went for a penalty goal on basically like the 81st minute, the 80th minute. um was a bit short, and then uh, the D rocks made a bit of a break got back to around half-wave and then I got the ball stripped after that um, and Lemiki kicked it out for their first one of the season. So, um, disappointing uh, for the Drox who really um, strengthened again with guys like um, Hikaru Tamura, uh, the 10 from uh, Santori and Samu Karevi from uh, Santori as well, uh, but the Aussie international. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure they would have been disappointing with that result, disappointed with that result, but uh, NEC... Great win to start the season. Um, NEC were losing 14-21 at halftime, but came back in that second half to be able to clinch that win. So a great result from them to start. Then we had uh, Kyushu kuden Voltex against the Red Hurricanes, the, um, the NTT Red Hurricanes. And this one, again, was a very tight, tight game. Um, it was 19-5 to at halftime to kuden but uh, second half was 21-3 to to make it 26-22. All up to the Red Hurricanes. Uh, but that only came from a last minute try. Basically after the Huda went uh, in the corner from uh, the Red Hurricanes. To get back from 19-22 uh, to 22 up to 26-22 right at the end of the game to win it at the death. So heartbreaking for queden uh, Both these teams went up to Div 2 this year so would have been looking to get a good start to that season and um, I think Dokomo ended up winning Div 3 last year so um, Quden, after strengthening a bit with guys like Tom Tater at 10 um, were looking like they were going to get a big uh, win to start their campaign but just uh, weren't able to hold out um, Dokomo at the end there Dokomo showing their class but good signs for uh, Quden and that Div 2 is looking like it's going to be a very uh, competitive um, div so can't uh, wait to see more of those games. Uh in the last game um from div two was a bit of a blowout. It was the Kamaishi Sea waves hosting the uh Shoki Shuttles. Uh the Shuttles coming away with a fifty two seven win. Um it was after, there were a few missed opportunities from Shoki early. Uh but they still win in nineteen nil leaders at halftime i like at the end of that first half kamaishi going for the penalty from like an angle 40 meters out uh, which would have only brought them to 19-3 you know just before halftime so a very bold tactic there but uh the kick was uh inaccurate anyway so they ended up going in 19 uh, nil down and then it was 33 points uh for Shoki in that second half to win 52-7 like i said so a bit of a shellacking there um Kamashi are the only team that have been in Div 2 every year. But uh, yeah, they'll be looking to bounce back against those two teams that came up from uh, Div 3. But looking at how they played on the weekend as well, it could be very competitive uh, in those spots. All the teams will be vying to get uh, one of the top three spots in Div 2. Um, There are a few teams that look like they could put their hand up to do that. So um, yeah, like I said, a very exciting league. Um, and then lastly there was only one game in Div 3 because their first round is played over two rounds and they've only got five teams so they can, they've can they got a uh, team every round who has a bye. But anyway, it was the Battle of the Sea, the uh, Blue Sharks, Shimizu Blue Sharks playing the Hino Red Dolphins, the Red Dolphins winning 30-16. to 16. It was a tight game in the first half with the Red Dolphins uh, leading 8-6 at the break and um, but yeah, they were able to pull away at the end uh, to win by 14 points. Um, Lima Sopoanga playing his first game for the uh, Shimizu uh, Blue Sharks was uh, obviously uh, accurate with the boot. But, um, yeah, know their uh, winger Ouchi, um, scored a hat trick and they're on their left edge to really, um, show dominance so it looked like they just were able to win by just winning that race around the corner just playing same way um and the blue shucks just weren't able to keep with them in that same way race and um or she was the one who um benefited from the extra space and saying that there are a few uh, good finishes from him so it wasn't just uh easy tries that he didn't have to do anything for uh they didn't have to work for but yeah a uh, great great uh win to start the year for a team that was in div 2 but uh, dropped down to div 3 on their own accord like i said because of uh basically off-field uh trouble so they'll be looking to get straight back into that div 2. they are going a bit long now so i'll just make it a really quick preview we've got honda hosting the uh spares so both teams that lost by big margins um spares will be looking to bounce back and um honda yeah it's looking like a tough few weeks for them having to go from that a 65-point loss to now playing the uh, reigning champs. Um, then we have the Rico Black Rams against the Mitsubishi Dinobors, Um in Tokyo at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Sorry, the first game was uh, 10 past 12 on that Saturday. We have the uh, Cannon Eagles playing Toyota Verblitz at 10 past 2. The Eagles will be looking to bounce back um, after their big loss to um, Panasonic and Toyota will be hoping to build on the combinations that they've started to build in that first win against Rico. Uh, and then the Liners hosting the Panasonic Wild Knights. So a big challenge for the Liners um going up against a red-hot Panna who we've um, had a great win against a former top-four team uh, last week. On Sunday, we have the Shizuoka Blue Rebs playing the Kobe uh, Steelers. We... Interesting to see if Kobe will be uh, dragged into that really a uh, tough, grindy game that um, the Blue Rebs love to play. And if the Blue Rebs can uh, do that, then feel like they've got every chance. But if they let Kobe play, then it could be another uh, big win for Kobe. Uh, here we have Santuri Sangoliath against the Toshiba Brave Lupus on the Sunday at 2.30. The Future derby and that one is at Ajinomoto Stadium in Tokyo as well. Uh, in Div 2, on the Saturday at 2.30, we've got the Drox hosting their Kyushu q Voltex. Uh The D-Rocks will be looking to bounce back after their uh, loss to NEC. Um, at the exact same time, we've got Shoki against NEC. Um, Shoki getting a big win against Kamaishi. will be looking to test themselves against the team that dropped down from Div 1. And NEC will be looking to uh, keep their momentum going after a good win against um, the D-Rocks. Then lastly in Div 2, we've got uh, the Dokomo Red Hurricanes against the Kamaishi Sea Waves. Uh, Dokomo, we're able to get that last-minute win against uh, Kyudan, but we'll be looking to just make it a bit more comfortable against Kamaishi. Kamaishi will be hoping to bounce back after a big loss at home, Um, but I think uh, Dokomo might be a bit too good for uh, that game. And then the last game of Round 1 for Div 2 is the Sky Actives. The uh, Mazda team hosting the Kurita Watergush at 1 p.m. on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it's the first game that these two teams will be playing. Uh, Kurita have actually they've recruited a lot more than I think um, Sky Actives have, who actually dropped from Div Two to Div Three. So, um, I'm looking at a Watergush win, but uh, all will have we we'll all have to wait and see. Um, how that uh, pans out obviously but um, yeah sorry again a lot of waffling from me hopefully uh, you enjoyed the analysis let me know if you want it to be shorter and sharper or not um, but yeah if you want to um, comment anything again like I said make sure you go to the Instagram or the email um, but thanks so much for listening got great feedback from that first uh, episode a um, lot of interest in league one again this year so uh, let's keep making it a goodie guts Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW Podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro Checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week.